Welcome to Reshape, a podcast that connects you to great thinkers and change makers. My name is Rania Masri Al Khatib, and I would be your host. After a 20 year career built with passion and tenacity, I launched my own boutique advisory called the RMK Collective. In the past, my projects were always a success when the right people were empowered by the right ecosystem. I believe that energy is the fuel that creates powerful synergies and creativity. I will create for you talks from the human collective to debate and inspire you around topics and trends impacting our societies and industries at large. Together, we can learn, grow, and redefine success. What a fantastic episodes we had on season six that was dedicated to the new year. Why the new year? I found myself at the end of the year really thinking again about my new year resolutions, my finances, you know, what kind of year I wanted to have. I don't know why. And I wanted to ask experts, first of all, why do we limit ourselves to that time of the year to start thinking about these things? But also hmm, wanted to kind of challenge my thinking and share with you and hopefully, you know, teach us some new things. So the first person that I reached out to was Carol Glenn. Um, Carol is a finance coach, which I found very cool. I did not know that finance coaches um, exist. And her and I had so much to talk about. First of all, and I think that that from the feedback that I got from all of you, um, it does seem like many women lack confidence when it comes to our finances a lot more than I thought. And with that, I also came to learn that comes from the limiting beliefs that we have and that start at a very young age and therefore really open my eyes on the responsibilities that we have towards our children on making sure that we educate and give them that confidence from a very young age. So, you know, math is not necessarily finances and being good or bad at math does not make you good or bad at finances. So it's really important to, to really distinguish that and to give them from a very young age the responsibility to manage the practical finances of living, etc. The number one thing you can do is look at yourself. Just be mindful of your own limiting belief. Be mindful of your own language. Improve your own financial skills. Because you know what kids are like. They will mirror us. We can say so many things, but it's what we do that impacts them the most. And then also talk to them. And age appropriate. So I will talk to my kids about money, but teaching them that actually what matters is what's of value to you and how you are using your money in that way. My favorite part was when's the last time that you sat down and started to think, what are my values? What are my values around my life? And how does that express itself in the finances? Am I saving for a better um, future? Do I want to live my life today um, in a different way than my, you know, my friends, my parents? Therefore, that would kind of tell the story of my finances, that would tell the story of what I spend money on, what I choose to spend money on. What am I saving for? You know, so I really love that. And I sat up with my husband and finally had that conversation, although I think that we were quite aligned. Because we speak about our dreams, we speak about our aspirations, we speak about the way that we want our kids to live, but we've never really linked it and to challenge ourselves to see, are we managing our finances to be aligned with the way we 
our values and our life purpose um, is is going or we want it to go. What do you want to do with your life? What is important to you? And everyone's value system is completely unique to them. And then there's like you, then there's you as a couple, and then there's you as a broader family. How do you want to use your money to do what you want to do for yourself as a couple and for your family? That's your value system. And then you put your money behind that. And finally, one big aha moment was when Carol touched on something that my next guest focused on, which is a little bit more about manifestation and what to focus your mind on. And she was saying, have a growth mindset. The more you focus your mind on growing your finances, the more your finances will grow. The more you focus your mind on your expenses and cost cutting and being worried about this and really engulfing your whole mind, you know, mind into that thinking, the less you're going to think about how to grow. So really focus on uh, and, and invite into your life abundance. The first thing is awareness. Just really being aware of your mindset and your language around money combined with the practical tools. Let's sit down and let's actually look at what's under that bonnet. What is happening? What is happening right now? And where do you want to be? And then plan for it. What it is you want to achieve, then we can figure out how to get there. That's just the mechanics. What's important is what you want and believing that you can achieve it. And that takes me to my next guest, which uh, is Natalie Khalaf, who's a holistic and wellness counselor. And with Natalie, I really wanted to learn a lot more about this idea of manifestation and how to visualize what you want. But what surprised me is the path that it kind of took at the beginning. And I found that so fascinating that we needed before getting into why she's doing this is seeing where she came from and for those of you that have attended some of my talks you see how much i talk about the past uh, as a very important if you want terminator of your present and future and how important it is to pause reflect uh, unbox and sometimes release a lot of the things from the past in order for you to be able to go forward in a more mm, healthier, more optimistic and, and confident uh, way. And so Natalie really spoke about that mind and body connection that we all hear about it. And we shared, you know, we shared stories around that and really work on, you know, mindset, uh, you know, and clearing your mind in order for you to be able to really visualize what your future is. So. It's about allowing myself to dream about what I want to create in my life, but not to, co to constantly live in my dreams. So to come back, okay, I've created a list, uh, I've created a vision board perhaps, and now I come back and I can look at the images and the goals that I've set for next year and feel all the gratitudes for feeling like they have already been achieved. That's very relevant because I know a lot of us sit and do vision boards for the new year. I saw a lot of people around me doing it. I haven't done it personally yet, but I really liked it. I have a very visual mind. So I asked Natalie, what is it like? You know, what is manifestation in its true forms, you know, and not in the gimmicky way that we see it. And Natalie was very kind to share with me and with all of us um, you know, a very simple explanation to it. And the fact that you're putting something up, that you are visualizing and creating 
that visual board is for you to constantly be reminded of the person that you want to be or the projects you want to have. And reminding yourself visually through your senses of that makes you feel the way you want to feel. And the more you start feeling the way you want to feel when you have one, two, three, the more you bring it into your life. To, to manifest something is to create it. If you don't believe in it from in here, you will not manifest it into your life. It's also about being grateful for what you have already in order for you to energetically attract more of the same into your life. We can manifest anything we really focus on. The power we have as spiritual beings having a physical experience, anything we focus on, we have the power to manifest. If we believe we can manifest it, we can manifest anything. So again, a lot of similarities between, you know, my two guests when it comes to this. And I thought it was a beautiful way to kind of really, you know, set the mindset for us at the beginning of the year. Now, the season ended with, um, you know, my very good friend and somebody that I respect very much, uh, clinical psychologist Karin Hazen, and Karin who specializes in eating disorders and, um, you know, is the VP of East Eating Disorder Association. And although I did not want to focus necessarily on this, but it did, you know, open my eyes and it was coming from me and saying, what are, are many of our resolutions linked to the way we look? Um, to the way we uh, feel from a health uh, perspective. And, you know, there was a lot of learnings around this. She opened my eyes to something, which is the fat phobic society. And I did not see it as that. You know, I went back and I started talking to my husband and I'm like, let's wonder, other than the fact that, yes, we exercise because we want to feel healthier, we want to be fitter, but a lot of big bodies are fit. A lot of big bodies are healthy. You know, you don't need to be a certain shape to be healthy. So why are we focused on wanting our shape to be smaller? Why are we always focused and think or actually are happier whenever we're thinner and whenever we can wear everything that we want to wear? And we're doing? She really opened my eyes to the fact that we do this because we're not accepted by society unless we were a certain size. Sounds obvious? Probably is to many of us. But let's not kid ourselves. A lot of us want to fit to be better accepted and to be better, um, you know, congratulated and admired and loved for our physique, you know, not because we're looking to have healthy habits. This is a very sad topic for me because I have to talk about weight stigma and living in a fat phobic society, which tells you that if you are in a big body, your body is wrong. So we want to diet and lose weight and be fitter to be accepted. Your body shape and size has nothing to do with happiness. So that was a big, big eye opener. Um, another one was start that, that extreme resolutions have been proven to never, ever work. So extreme change never works, like dieting, etc. And this information, as she says, is publicly available, but we still go ahead and do it. Um, again, she raises, you know, a lot of awareness around this industry, the diet industry and how huge it's become and how big it's even growing and that uh, we're all falling prop to it. 
Research shows that 95% of people who go on New Year's resolutions can't stick to them more than a month, a month and a half. And it's because people aim for drastic changes and drastic changes are impossible to accomplish and definitely not overnight. The problem is that when you see yourself unable to change drastically, uh, it generates feelings of failure, but you have not failed. Drastic changes are not sustainable. The problem, the obstacle is the message our society pushes upon us. New year, new me, drastic change, go on a detox, go on a cleanse. So the message is that drastic change is the answer, even though it's completely against all scientific data we have. We talk about resolutions as non-sustainable, but we talk about intentions as the new way of doing things. Having an intention to live a healthier life, having an intention to spend more time with my kids, having an intention to do more yoga is very different than resolutions. And that I took on really, um, you know, at heart. I'm not against setting intentions. You, you can set intentions, not resolutions. And finally, one of the things that I loved, which was a learning to me, um, was I always used to think that flow was living with the flow. Whereas, you know, uh, Karine was able to really you know, raise my awareness into living in flow is really your ultimate state. And you can't always be in flow, but when you are in flow is when you are at your best, that all the elements are aligned and you are doing exactly what you want to do. You're happy, you're yourself, and therefore you are at your utmost potential. Flow is not really a spiritual concept. Flow is a positive psychology concept that is linked to happiness. Being in flow is being completely absorbed in whatever you are doing and you kind of disconnect from your environment because you're completely absorbed in your task. You cannot be in flow all the time, but if we don't have flow in our lives, we definitely can't be happy because you're not using your skills. You're not developing what we call self-efficacy. What that opened in me, opened in me the willingness to recognize this more often and to do a lot more of it, right? And I always tell people, I am at a point where I know my intuition. I am at a point when I know the triggers, you know, when triggers happen, I need to sit and say, what has triggered me? What was it? And try to put myself in a position in my life where I am around the things that can, you know, be designed or design things around me that will get me to my utmost potential. And with that, you know, my, you know, great, also great topic we discussed was that happiness is not how you look and how, how, you know, you fit. Happiness has been proven to be about how, uh, you know, your community engages with you, how much you're giving back to your community, how in flow you can be and how often you can be in flow. And that for me was a great learning. And out of these three amazing women, I think there was a lot of, you know, uh, aha moments. There was a lot of introspection, again, to say what will I do differently and how can I improve my mindset, you know, to live and, and to give myself a break and not just to always, you know, try to perfect everything that I'm doing in this new year and to see how I can, you know, have some positive intentions how I can um, really talk more about values and purpose, how to picture and feel 
what I want to become and how I want to become, not just what, how I want to feel when I become that person or when I achieve certain things. Our next season, season seven, is going to be around motherhood. I am meeting three amazing guests, obviously three different perspectives, as I always love to do. And we're dedicating the month of March, which is where Mother's Day um, in certain parts of the world falls. And I look forward to you tuning in and telling me what you think. Thank you for all of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting. And thank you for sharing. We will keep committed to always bring in topics that can reshape our mindsets and topics that can reshape the norms, the trends, the industries that we are belonging to, and of course, the communities. I hope you are enjoying our podcast. I'm loving the contributions that you are often giving me. I'm loving the feedback. I hope that, you know, we are challenging your mindset, reshaping you know, you're the stereotypes, reshaping our mindsets, reshaping the industry. And um, keep on listening. And I'll see you very soon. Big kiss. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, you can find me on Instagram at Rania Al Khatib or at RMK Collective. See you soon.